Welcome to the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 053. Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, hosted by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, a show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now, here are the hosts of the Veterinary Project Podcast, Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Welcome back to the Veterinary Project Podcast. Yours truly, Dr. Michael Bug, Dr. Jonathan Light. What's shaking, Michael? Well, recovery week, back home, you know, from being out visiting you, taking it pretty easy this week on the body. Um, You're telling me you needed a full week of recovery just after seeing me? This is not good. <laughs> yeah, I do. I That's do. what I heard. We're not For young. those that don't know what you're talking about, what are you talking about? Well, it's from the ball hockey term. Actually, you and I, that was the best behave we have ever, ever, ever been in person. Like Look we went what wife and kids do to us. Yeah. We had one beer, some appetizers, and then brunch with the, with the family. Yep. We're on our we did game. well. Yeah. We did very well. Now, not much me for my way. I'm working on some real estate deals, closing a property. I think it's in two weeks and then some research on another apartment, but nothing firm yet. What's happening your way? Well, at some point in the future, we should talk walk, talk through that property that you're just about to buy and sell. Really interesting that we talked about before this conversation that I think a lot of people would love to learn about. So yeah. we'll have to hold that for a different day. Um, my way, it has been a full month with both Mosaic as well as Bridgeland Vet Clinic. Uh, even we didn't even talk about this prior to the call. We had our Mosaic um, Manager Summit last week. So that was three days uh, of togetherness. Um, walking through different aspects of our business and really motivated uh, with some executable pieces post-manager summit. Uh, we have our first get-together. We meet weekly virtually and uh, looking forward to getting the group back together tomorrow. Really good. Uh, Bridgeline, we were talking about this pre-conversation. We continue to move in uh, the right trajectory trajectory, which is fantastic. We're working on workflows. We have some spays and neuters and dentals that have moved through now. We continue to do a lot of tours with individuals that want to see the clinic. And as we were talking about beforehand, uh, you know, first three months, uh, my business plan said we should be cash flow negative. That means from a business standpoint, I am dishing out more than is coming in. We've already had a couple of days uh, in our first month yesterday being our highest where we would actually be in the positive end, both from a break-even and making, which is pretty fantastic month one. We know the place that is veterinary medicine right now. We know it's very busy, but there's still all these little things you need to do to build value within your community, et cetera. Um, lots of positive happening. We had a great meeting with a club, with a, um, a business that works across the street. We went and had coffee with them. We see a lot of uh, ability to interact and they're in the pet space as well too. So looking forward to where that conversation goes next. Yeah. I think that's important to point out too. Um, sometimes people miss 
that, that ramp up phase, you know, whatever business you're in, if it's veterinary medicine, or even if it's real estate and you're doing a renovation project, you got to have that buffer in there for your systems to get going. It's going to take some time. So you can't forget about that. Like, I don't know if that's a common mistake people don't budget for, but you're going to likely be cash flow negative right off the start until you're, till you're humming along. Look at some of the tech companies out there. They're cash flow negative for years. <laughs> well, that's a totally different beast, but yes, <laughs> that's an extreme example. That is an extreme example, which we won't go on in regards to veterinary medicine or else you wouldn't be in business. Um, so yes, that's what's been happening my way. Uh, in terms of our discussion today, exciting conversation to be had. Dr. Michael Bug is going to walk us through some lessons that he has learned through his ball hockey career as he now moves towards worlds. And we're going to try and connect that back as best as possible for all of our listeners to veterinary medicine. Yeah. So I'm going to jump in right away. This is not a ball hockey episode because no one listening is interested in ball hockey. It has what? virtually nothing to do with ball hockey. <laughs> it's just reflections uh, that I learned through the, that, that tournament that I was just at and, and over like the last 10 years, and I thought they were pretty applicable uh, to life and to veterinary medicine. So we thought we'd rip through some of them and, and go from there. So don't turn this off because you don't like ball hockey. Nothing to do with ball hockey. Most everybody's going to go, who plays ball hockey? <laughs> yeah. Until we had come and watched a couple of games, which was pretty amazing. Uh, yes, I would agree in the same fashion. Going, and there was a full stand full of people watching. So let's get into it. Lesson number one, Dr. Bug, that you learned from your 10 years in ball hockey. Okay. Lesson number one, you only fail if you quit. So the tournament that I was just at, that's the like, Canada national tournament. I've been playing ball hockey for over 10 years. I've gone to that tournament like 10 plus times. We have got our asses absolutely handed to us at that tournament. Like I, I didn't add this up, but if I had to guess my personal record, like on the teams I've played on is probably like eight, wins 32 losses and like two or three ties in this tournament, right? The first year that we went, our first game, we got mercyed. I didn't even know you could get mercy. Like if you get down by seven goals or more, they just stop the game and they're like, it's over for you. You, you lost. And we got mercyed, I think three times in the first year that we were there. So anyway, coming full circle, 10 years later, we kept improving and to win the tournament, I look back at like, we could have quit at any point along the way. So that, that's kind of the lesson in there. When I think about this for, for vets, um, you know, if you're applying to vet school and you don't get in on your first year, your second year, your third year, if you're applying for an internship or a residency and you don't match, if you're trying a new procedure for the first time and it goes south, you know, it doesn't go as you want, there's all these opportunities to quit. And it's only once you quit that you fail. If you keep coming back, keep learning, keep improving, it's not a fail, you know, it's, it's the road to success. So that was my first lesson in there. Love it. Have nothing to add to it. Number two, be prepared when opportunity knocks. Okay. So yeah, this was a strange year um, with everything that's been going on with COVID ball hockey was canceled last year leading into 2021. No one thought this tournament was actually going to happen. And if you've been following along, you saw that I completely switched. I went into doing my 10 K running um, so I wasn't training or preparing for ball hockey. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this tournament is back on 
and it was a world qualifier, which they only do those every two years. So it was kind of like a double unexpected opportunity. But because I had already been training with running, I was in a great position for this tournament. And I know like I wouldn't have had as good of a tournament if I hadn't been preparing months in advance. So there's a quote that someone had said where it's like success is, um, what is it? Preparation meets opportunity. And so in the vet space, I think about this, you know, you don't know what's walking through that door. You don't know if a GDV is coming in that day. All you can do is be prepared in advance. So when that case walks through the door, you're ready to tackle it and and hopefully have success with it. So that was my kind of other one is be prepared for when opportunity knocks because you never know when opportunity is coming. Excellent. I'm going to take that even further from a veterinary employer standpoint, especially in regards to veterinary shortages and our our um, lack of veterinary professional supply right now when we're talking about veterinarians and technologists. I see, I read, I have phone calls from a lot of individuals out there that are saying, hey, Jonathan, I just can't find these individuals. And truthfully, Mosaic, we have had the same struggles in terms of bringing veterinary professionals on. That being said, set yourself up for success. Branch out, get to know people, set yourself up for success, have the conversations, get into universities. Uh, There is a pretty straightforward playbook that's going to lead you to have that opportunity to have discussions when they arise and hopefully be successful. It's not 100% of a chance, but at least you give yourself a better opportunity for success when an individual comes along, when you hear through the grapevine that somebody may be there. That is something that I feel veterinarians are not doing enough of right now. If you're not getting out there, you're not going to have people coming in senior clinic and want to be a part of it. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is kind of lonely work. You know, no, no one sees the preparation. No, no one sees the, all the after hours or the before hours that's not in the limelight. They see the end result and they think, oh, I want that. And it's like, well, the reason that person got the end result is all the time they spent leading up to that moment. Such a great comment, Mike. Such a great comment. All right. Number three, regret. Okay. This one was, this was neat for me. Cause I, I had never played in a national level, like gold medal game. A few other guys in our, in our locker room had, and the pregame conversation, sort of the pregame locker room speech um, from our, from our coach was talking about regret. And they said, you know, we are, we're here now. There's no, we're not going to change any of our systems. All we can control is what you go out there and do. And they, he said, if you don't go out there and give it absolutely everything you got, you'll regret it forever. Whether you win or lose, at the end of the day, if you gave it everything you have, you have nothing to regret. And I remember that kind of hit me because I was like, yeah, you know, you're re- I was really nervous anyway going into that. Um, so, so that just sort of focused me. It's like, okay, this is what I can control. I can control my work effort. Go out there, give it 100%, and I won't regret it no matter what the outcome is. And so I think about that too, like in, in your, your vet career or even in life in general. And I think about this more in terms of, you know, you're going to regret what you do not do more than what you actually do, right? So it's, it's, the, it's the opportunities you do not act on, right? Or the, or the things you don't take action on. So, so that, that one hit for me. I think so as well too. And in, in, in listening to... Um, 
influencers such as Gary Vee and such, they always say, go chat with older people. Go chat with 80 plus people that are in seniors' homes. See what their regrets are. And exactly what you described is one of the number one regrets is I did not try. I didn't go for it when I could have. Yeah. And I know those articles, I mean, for me, they're often sad. I love reading them because there's so much wisdom in, in there. Um, you know, and I sometimes think about this in the vet space of being a little too influenced by the opinions of others and not, not being true to yourself and what you want to go after, you know, whether that means I'm just making this up. Like if you were, say, say you're a farm kid, like I was, and you switch being a mixed animal practitioner to a small animal and you're worried, well, what's everyone going to think? And it's like, you can't worry about that. You'll regret it. And at the end of the day, nobody will worry about it. Yeah, that's true. Want success for you. Excellent. Number four, moments of high stress. Okay. So in moments of high stress, you're going to revert to your level of training. Okay. So where this struck me, um, in, in, the, in the final period, there was about 12 minutes left. We were down by a goal and we were in penalty trouble. We were on the penalty kill and our bench was really down right? Like the, you can just tell like the vibe on the bench, everyone was kind of deflating. It's like, holy shit. Like, how are we going to get out of this hole? And the only place I could go to was I started thinking about like all the running I've done. I was literally running through snowbanks here when we'd have blizzards. And I was like, no one has trained for this more than I have. And that kind of, I really leaned on that to be like, I've done everything I can do. I just have to go out there for the next 12 minutes and do it. And then when I reflect on this, in the veterinary world, I was thinking back to those horrible, obese dog spays that everyone dreads. And we've all had this happen where, where you're doing your surgery and you drop a stump and blood just starts filling the abdomen. And it's like, there's, there's very few things that are more stressful than that. And in that moment, you're going to just on sort of autopilot, revert to your level of training, right? You know, the anatomy, you know, where you need to go look for that stump, you know what you need to do. And if you've put in the work and you've put in the training that sort of takes over, right? Even though it's very stressful. So that's kind of a lesson that, that really landed for me. You know, you know what you need to do, you know, you can execute it. If you're trained properly, just go do it. Awesome. It's fantastic. Next focus. Okay. This is a big one. And I know uh, there's going to be differing opinions on this one. I'm setting it up on, on our ball hockey team this year, multiple people, me included, could have played both men's and masters, right? So we had two teams going to this tournament. Men's is the younger guys, masters is the older guys. And we, we knew we had a shot at winning. So we sat everyone down and we said, okay, it's time to choose. Like, which team are you playing on? You can't play on both because if you divert your effort, you're just going to be sort of less in, into the games for each team. So for me, focus is massive, right? You have to pick one thing, one thing that's very important to you and focus on. I have no doubt in my mind, if all of our players played on both teams, we would not have won because we would have been gassed. That's excellent. How do you see that playing out in the veterinary field right now to the positive or the negative? I've got a couple of thoughts. Yeah. I mean, th this is tricky because, you know, if you're a general practitioner, like I was, you have to have a broad range of skills. 
But the thing is, that's going to take time. So I look at it or how I approach things is I will focus. So I know when I wanted to learn patella surgery, like luxating patella surgery or cruciate surgery, I would dive into that. I would block off, okay, like this quarter, I'm going to this course. That's what I'm studying. And so even though I would still be a general practitioner seeing a barrage of cases, I would carve out time to focus on one skill and then get that skill up to like a high level, you know, like eight out of 10, nine out of 10. And so now it's in your toolbox. Once you have that in your toolbox, then you can go build another tool and put it in your toolbox, right? So that's how I approached it as a GP. I mean, obviously, if you want to be a specialist, pick your swim lane um, and go after it. A, a really good analogy that I've heard from some very high level people is if you're a golfer, once you find your line, right? This is where I want to hit the ball, safe line, aggressive swing. You know, once you know where you're going, go, go after it. Nice. Love it. What, what do you have? You said you had some things to, some thoughts on this for the veterinary space. I think it's really hard for those that are into their first, second, third year of vet school or post vet school to get focused. And for those that aren't directly into a residency internship, et cetera, and they're a GP in your matter, sometimes not being that as focused on a particular niche will allow you to explore more, see what you like and don't like, and then be able to dive as opposed to taking 10 years or 15 years and going, shoot, I've never dove anywhere and starting to have that resentment feeling, which I've seen, burnout feeling, etc. Don't be afraid to take a few years, step back and not be as focused, knowing that in the long term, you're going to be able to go down some paths that you're really going to like, and also still have that comfort level and that competency level in the broad range that you do need as a general practitioner. So it's yeah. a little bit of a uh, uh, of a, a flip on the thought. Yeah. And I agree. I think it's important to, to get experience, you know, and especially this is really important for students is try everything, you know, even if, yes. even if, like I have regrets where, um, I never thought I would ever do horsework, which I didn't really, I did like pleasure horsework, but it's like, I still like still you did. did, you went to Kentucky yep. on the, and I was like, I should have done that. Like try everything figure out what you want. Then once you know, then, then focus and dive. Yeah. Yep. Don't regret it. All right. Number six, very important. Optimal performance isn't perfect. Okay. So this is an important discussion point. There is a big difference between optimal performance and peak performance. And in my experience, most veterinarians always want to be at peak performance, right? And it's like, yeah, sure. That's amazing in theory, but we are not machines, right? Like it's called peak performance for a reason. Like every direction from the peak is down, right? So people that try to maintain peak performance, it's not possible. It needs to be reserved for special occasions. You're, you're an Olympic sprinter lining up to run the hundred meter race. Yes. You want peak performance right now but you can't be in that state all the time. Um, where this came from in, in the, the ball hockey sense of how we got here is we knew our goal was make playoffs and then peak. 
So in the round robin, we were actually like one, two, and one. We sat players, like we rested some of our best players knowing, hey, we might lose a round robin game. Do we care? No, because that's not the end goal. The end goal isn't to go 4-0 in the round robin. The end goal is to win the gold medal. So I think about this in, in veterinary medicine, and I would argue you need to focus on optimal performance, right? Like what level of output can you sustain long-term? Yeah. And long-term meaning your career. And then you can break that down into your year. And then you can break that down into your month. And you can even do that on a weekly basis if you really want to get dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's, it's peak performance is alluring for sure. You know, it's romantic. It, it's, it's sexy. Everyone wants to do that, but it's just not sustainable. Excellent. Lastly, to finish it off, uh, one of the most important or most important parts, team. Yes. So yeah, this was on your uh, episode on your tips of opening a vet clinic. I mean, it's so important. There's a saying, someone said it, I don't remember who, if you want to go far, go together, right? You can't do it alone. I mean, obviously from the ball hockey experience, it's a team sport, veterinary clinics, it's a team sport. Your life is a team sport. You know, all the relationships that you form both personally and professionally. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is last on the list, but it's probably the most important. I would say everyone should be, um, auditing and auditing can sound like a harsh word. Cause it's almost like you're picking and choosing, but to be blunt, I mean, that's what it gets down to. You know, if you, if you're, if you're allowing something or to, to be in your life, like you're accepting it and you're choosing it. And if it's, if it's not there and it's not helping you, it's not serving you. And even further, if it's hindering you, I mean, it's time to time to make some tough choices. So that's all I would say on team is do an audit, surround yourself with the right people, the right people for you. That's going to be different for everyone. I love it. And, and that self audit, uh, I've gone through this over the last year and a half with my team on the business end. Uh, related to my accountants, my lawyers, my bookkeepers, uh, my account, yeah, my professionals that help support the businesses that I'm a part of. I had to cut one of those major ends and I looked at it negatively at first and went, what have I done wrong? What could I have done better? And or should I even make this change or do I have a responsibility to this individual? And at the end of the day, my responsibilities lied more to the business and more to the building of that framework. And if I didn't let that individual go of which I had to fire, it was holding back the rest of my business. And there was nothing personal in that. And once I actually grew to see it from a team perspective, then we all win. It's an easier conversation. There's no resentment and you move on. And within the teamwork of a frame or a framework of team in a vet clinic, we are in my view, um, very scared to make those conversations happen sometimes. Yeah, they can be difficult conversations. Another, um, to add on to that, the, the team member that was, was let go, I don't know this specific example, but in lots of cases, you know, if they're not engaged, if it's not the right fit for them and, and you're parting ways, even though it sucks in the moment, in the long run, it is going to be a good thing for them because they can move on to something that's a better fit, more in alignment with them. 
right? Because like there's a reason that friction is is happening amongst teams, right? Like there's just not an alignment there. So if 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 you part ways, both people can then go find alignment. Getting the right people on the bus in the right seats. Trevor Thronus that we had on, getting people right. Becky Taylor talking about conflict and communication. There's so many places and podcasts that we've had for that exact conversation. Yeah. Excellent, Mike. That was our seven. Any extras that are in there? No, no extras. I was thinking I'm not going to do like Jonathan and say this is a top five and then throw extras on. (laughs) It's seven. Done. Seven. We're sticking with it. Well, we really hope that people got some value out of this conversation. I love the analogies that you've used. And thank you for sharing tips from your ball hockey journey over the last 10 years. Looking forward to seeing what the next year is as you start to uh, build your framework of training towards worlds in 2022. It's really exciting. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very exciting. I know I said, I think I said this on a previous episode. It's fun. It's fun to have that goal. It is still just sport and ball hockey. You got to keep it in perspective, right? Like there's so many things are more important, your health, your family, you know, just life in general. So it's, it's fun. It's a fun addition to keep life exciting, but it's not everything. Nope. It's great. I'm sure there's people that are looking up to you out there. I don't know if I'm one of them or not. I'm joking. It was fantastic. <laughs> Loved to get out there and watching you, bud. Right on, so, man. Appreciate it. On that note, thanks everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing, as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group. General feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.